Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I'd just like to start with an acknowledgement of country. Um, we're broadcasting over the land of the lands of the Kulin nations. Their sovereignty was never ceded. Genocide is ongoing and still being resisted to this day. I'd like to pay my respect to elders past, present and future and acknowledge any Indigenous listeners tuning in. And also on that, yeah, um, Race Rage performed at a fundraiser the previous week. I also went along to the NAM Imagining Abolition fundraiser, which is a fundraiser that gets um, Indigenous people and Black people to a prison abolition conference. I definitely recommend listeners check that out on Chuffed. And I'll also put that in the, the podcast notes for this show. Um, today I'm joined in the studio with Louise Malcolm from the Trans and Gender Diverse Film Festival. Um, how are you? I, I am well. How are you today? I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> okay. It's a, another Sunday. I don't know what to say. <laughs> another Sunday in the studio. Yeah. Um, so first, could you tell our listeners about the origins of the Trans and Gender Diverse Film Festival, Tilda? Sure. Uh, so Tilda started uh, back in 2014. So uh, a group of uh, trans and gender diverse people and allies uh, came together. Uh, it, it was partly inspired by other similar film festivals overseas. Uh, so they came together to, with the purpose of creating a platform for trans and gender diverse filmmakers and also uh, to create a community event around, around film and film watching. Uh, yeah, so it's been around this uh, the fifth year. Yeah, the fifth year. Yeah, has it grown a lot in that time? Yeah, it definitely has. Um, so we finally found a home over at uh, Footscray Community Arts Centre and uh, we've got a really good support uh, there from, from the team over there at Footscray Community Arts. Uh, yeah, it's definitely grown and developed um, and we've got uh, a really good team this year. It's probably the largest team we've ever put together, actually. Uh, but yeah, really a big bunch of hardworking folks uh, putting in all their volunteer hours to, to pull it off. Yeah, I was at the, the launch at Hairs and Hyenas um, some time ago now, but not that long ago. And yeah, quite a number of people involved and you have a large number of films in the program. Can you tell listeners about some of the films and some of the things you're featuring this sure. year? Yeah, no worries. Uh, so uh, our opening night film this year is called Trans Geek, uh, and it's a documentary from the States, uh, co-directed by Kevin McCarthy, who's going to be with us at the screening, and a trans filmmaker, um, Saya Johnson. So that's a film about uh, the intersection of um, gender identity and geekdom, tech, um, gaming, all manner of sort of science and technology. So it sort of delves into, yeah, the intersection between trans tra- trans identities and gender diverse identities and, and in geekdom and how uh, things like gaming and technology have helped people explore their, their gender identities and also about um, how their journey, their journeys, um, or they're actually their trans identities have actually um, created problems with their employment. So it's a very sort of wide ranging film. It's mm. an excellent film. That's our opening night film. Uh, so very excited about that one. 
Um, what else should I talk about? I'll, I guess I'll talk about our, our shorts. Uh, so we've got a shorts package on Saturday night and it's called Short Fiction. So it's a collection of fiction shorts uh, across genres. So we've got a couple of comedies in there. We've got a science fiction one, which is like one of my favorite films on the festival. It's really weird and that's right up my alley. And it was um, directed by uh, like a group of non-binary trans and women artists. Uh, and it's a sort of a co-production between Canada and Germany. It's called Swarm of Selenium. Uh, so if you're in for something strange, uh, sort of science fiction-y, uh, I'd go to the short fiction. Also a couple of really good comedies in there, including Dropping Penny, which features um, comedian D'Lo. He's also a really great actor. Um, what else? Uh, another favourite in that one is Fanona Anna, which is about um, the relationship between a young trans woman and her grandmother. Really uh, lovely film uh, with a really great performance by um, Maya, Maya Henry in that one. But really strong program. Short fiction is on the Saturday night. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, trans and gender diverse communities um, uh, um, around here. Also, we have a lot of our own problems and replicate a lot of the the sort of oppressive dynamics in terms of whose voices are dominating, like white voices, able-bodied voices, etc. Mm. Um, how is the film festival trying to combat that sort of thing? Yeah, um, we're definitely very conscious of that. And in the programming, trying to make sure that we are uh, bringing the most marginalised voices to the centre um, always. Uh, so always trying to find and go after work and, and like... Um, yeah, put that sort of work at the centre. So um, this year is no different than any other. Uh, so yeah, we've got a lot of uh, representation, representation of people of colour, First Nations. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get a lot of um, programming around disability this year. If anyone's out there, it's a filmmaker. Um, please get in touch with us. We're we're really interested in that sort of work, and I think every year we do find it hard to actually find that work. We had one film last year, but it's fairly rare. Um, but definitely interested in anyone who who's um, wanting to do that. Come and do one of our filmmaking workshops, please. Yeah. So you yeah I've heard about those filmmaking workshops, um, and you're supporting, I guess, new sort of filmmakers and trying to help them make their first films yeah Is that definitely. right Could you tell us about that yeah so once a year well it's been two years running now we do a free filmmaking workshop uh for trans and gender diverse people and it's also open to allies uh so yeah that's to uh skill people up in filmmaking but also to connect creatives with each other so it sort of serves two purposes it it, it does it is a um, a context where people will get skilled up in filmmaking, but also we find that people are connecting with each other because uh, we have uh, obviously people who aren't so experienced coming into the workshop, but then we have more experienced people giving the workshop, but also attending and supporting um, those emerging filmmakers or those those people are just coming to filmmaking. So yeah, we, we always, uh, from the end of the workshop, we also support people in making work uh, and in any way we can to sort of uh, get it to the end point uh, so we can actually include it in the festival. Yeah, cool. Um, I remember I went along the last year's um, Tilda Festival, which is uh, which was the first one at the Footscray Community Arts Centre, and a number of times there was discussions of films after. I, I think you had 
Yeah, one with a lot of brother, boy and sister, girl shots. And I, mm. that was one of the ones I attended. Will there be similar things this year? Yeah, uh, we've actually got a really excellent uh, series called Trans Black. Uh, this is actually one of my other favourites in the festival. It's a really beautiful uh, series. I think it's screened on NITV, actually. So that's on the Saturday afternoon. And following that film, there's going to be an in-conversation between two of the people that were in the film, uh, Sam, uh, Duku and Jeremy Anderson, who's also one of our programmers, actually a Tilda team member this year. He was a, a festival guest last year in the Brother Boy Sister Girl session, but he was very keen on the festival and actually became a programmer this year. So um, that's really excellent. So on that Saturday afternoon, we're going to be having a, an in-conversation, uh, which uh, so Sammy and Jeremy will be discussing uh, their involvement in the film, what it was like to make the film. Um, so each episode is about a different person. So each of them have an episode about, about themselves. So that's going to be really great on Saturday afternoon, 4.45. Mm. Um, I thought I'd put some more general questions out there. Um, so this is like based on reading some film reviews that haven't actually seen these films, but Netflix has a film out called Girl that in a similar vein, but worse to the Danish girl, constructs a trans narrative from a kind of cis like supremacist viewpoint um think the voyeuristic emphasis on a disjunction between a trans person and their body and consumption of trans trauma does the film festival try to avoid films that play to these disturbing narratives that say more about the small imaginations of many cis people than the actual lives of trans and gender diverse people absolutely i mean i have seen girl so i do not have, have you actually yeah, watched i it? haven't seen it so i can't i can just comment on the review i've read it's it's pretty spot it? it's pretty spot on um, so I, it's definitely not a film made for the community. Mm. It's a film made for cis people. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, that review is pretty spot on. It's very much focused on, uh, like the obsession around genitalia, for instance. Uh, so it's like not speaking to our audience, our community, uh, Yes. So we do try and avoid that. I mean, we also, uh, in terms of, we do actually find it quite hard to mm. find really good fiction work. Yeah. So that film is a feature length fiction film. Yeah. So we do find it really hard to find, um, to find that work, which is why I'm quite excited about the short fiction session because we've got quite a few, actually mo the majority of the films were directed by trans or gender diverse people. Uh, so, I mean, that's sort of, a good sign for in the future having some good feature-length fiction work, mm. you know, actually made by the people that it's talking about. So I think it's going to be a while before we don't have anything like Girl because I think Girl, you know, uh, won heaps of awards, for instance, and it's played all over the place. Um, so I don't think we're there yet. Um, and I think that girl is also indicative of this sort of like the interest from the mainstream in mm, translation yes yeah yeah there's this um yeah this long history of that fascination and consumption that's can be quite an oppressive like gays and transgender diverse bodies and also other intersections like indigenous people people of color disabled people that that sort of like exhibition that mm. people put on a stage and like an audience with a lot of power just like watches the exhibition there's mm. a definite power dynamic yes definitely there um 
and also the the thing about autobiography is I think it's sort of it's a thing that's hard to escape because a lot of us have to make this conform to a particular narrative to access things like healthcare and that's like imposed on us and we have this expectation to to justify like an autobiography on demand and I like I hope that increasingly thanks to a lot of um, advocacy that's put it pushing more for self determination and for getting rid of gatekeepers it's a, like a long struggle and it's highly uneven but we're sort of like fighting back against that sort of thing as well yeah and I think part of what we're trying to do at Tilda is uh, to expand the narrative or the range of narratives that we have about trans and gender diverse people's lives yeah um, and by doing that sort of pushing back against yeah pushing back against stereotypes and um, yeah narrow ways of thinking about what it actually means so like having like a plethora of stories and many different stories uh, reflected back it's definitely really important yeah sort of like a question that sort of relates to a lot of this as well um, and we've already sort of touched on this thing but there's a lot of been a lot of discussion lately about people writing outside their own experience in terms of the Horn Prize. That was a thing that came up a month or two ago. But they had guidelines saying that people outside the LGBTIQ community shouldn't write an essay on that. And same for other communities. Um, so, so I have one question, which is what do you think about filmmakers making films outside their own experience? And followed by this, the example of Happy Birthday, Marsha by... Tomaline and Sasha Watzel, which mm-hmm. also features in one of your sessions this year. Yep. Um, it came out last year that that a lot of the archival research done for that film was stolen by David France, who made the Netflix special ha- Marsha P. Johnson, made the next Netflix Marsha P. Jo- P. Johnson documentary. Mm. And in 2017, Tomaline wrote, Too often stories... No, too often people with resources who already have a platform become the ones to, ones to tell the stories of those at the margins. Um, is this a really common thing? Well, I mean, uh, the sort of stealing of work. I mean, definitely the appropriation of work is really common in terms of, like, programming this festival. Yeah. It's something that we come across pretty regularly. Um, we try not to include that work in the program where it's quite clear that there has been no collaborative process involved in making the film. Um, we're really happy to include Rena's film this year. Um, it's actually a really beautiful film. Um, it's an experimental work, so it's a mix of drama and, and documentary. Uh, so it's, a, it, it's sort of it's radical in its content and also mm. in its form, which I'm always interested yeah. in. Uh, and yeah, sort of in terms of form, it's more interesting than the film that came out last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we definitely have seen. I've definitely seen a lot of that work in the programming, and we just put it mm, aside. Yeah. And because of the um, uh, the crescendo of sort of interest in trans and gender diverse identities, I think there is a tendency of filmmakers to gravitate towards something that they think the public is interested in but they don't realise, you know, that actually it's not for them to tell the story. Um, yes, and we have people even get yeah. in touch with the festival and ask us about, you know, about it. And we're like, well, we can't really do anything about like, for you. We're, not, we're actually meant to be supporting trans and gender diverse yeah. filmmakers, not cis filmmakers to mm. tell our stories. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, the other thing is it goes all the way through the industry in terms of um, acting, in terms of who gets to play 
trans people and it's often cis people and it's not really it's usually the cis people that aren't even of the genders the trans people are so it's this really perverse understanding people have of trans people like we're not really how we actually are yeah definitely um i think laverne cox spoke to this uh, really eloquently she probably has many times let's be real but um talking about the while uh she believes that there should be artistic freedom there is consequences mm. to allowing cis actors to play trans characters and there's consequences in real life you know in terms of violence uh, against mainly trans women of color but trans yeah. women as a result of people having this perception that a trans woman is actually a man so in that 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 in that in that casting it feeds that idea um Yes, and I heard somebody else talking about this recently and and until there's a level playing field where there is where trans actors can play whatever role yeah. and aren't pigeonholed, then it's actually it's not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, how long do you think it will take? Um, or are you seeing on... Are you seeing more in the independent sort of grassroots, I don't know, sort of filmmaking? Are you seeing more trans people sort of playing cis people because of this historical imbalance really like need to see more trans and gender diverse people yeah um yeah i think there's some uh there's definitely not enough uh and because there aren't that many trans characters you Mm, know that's also a a factor here definitely in terms of people getting work um it's not you know a level playing field i think there is here and there but it's very uh it's not the, the norm yeah unfortunately yeah. Um, other ways people can get, get involved in Tilda? Uh, we've actually closed our volunteer run for this year. Uh, but if you are interested in working for us next year, you can come and have a chat to me and um, or email us at info at tildamelbourne.com uh, if you want to join the team. Um, but definitely come along to the festival. Uh, so, yeah, 8th to the 11th of November out at Footscray Community Arts Centre. And you can actually look at the entire program on our website, which is um, www.tildemelbourne.com, and that's T-I-L-D-E. Um, yeah, so you can go and check out the whole program there and, and get your tickets. Um, but definitely come along, and there's uh, going to be a free party on the Saturday night. Uh, have a bit of a boogie. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and you have your Facebook page and Twitter as well, so definitely that's check right. that out and follow Tilda Melbourne. Um, could you also talk about the accessibility of the film festival? Yeah, great. Uh, so uh, Footscray Community Arts Centre um, is wheelchair accessible. This year we have our first ever open caption session, which we're very excited about. It's taken a while. We tried to do it last year, but we actually managed to pull it off this year. So hopefully there'll be more of that into the future, um, more open caption sessions. So our open caption session is on the Saturday afternoon. It's our youth shorts so that's at uh, three o'clock on the saturday uh but also open to any ideas how we can make it more accessible always um yes definitely interested Mm. in people's feedback around that um yeah is there anything else you'd like to talk about or or people or organizations you'd like to thank i don't know um definitely like to thank footscray community arts center for their ongoing support um Oh, and all our sponsors, obviously, uh, like 
Queerspace over at Drummond Street and CoHealth are our major sponsors and CoHealth has been a sponsor from the get-go of the festival. Um, but all our uh, other sponsors and friends, there's so many of them, all the community groups uh, that support us. Um, yeah, big thanks to them and hopefully we'll see see them at the festival. Uh, what else can I say? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having um, me. It's really good to have you on and I hope the festival goes really well. Um, yeah. Did you have good feedback from the previous one? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was it was good. Uh, so it, it was it was a great festival, uh, and we always want to see more people come along and um, yeah, and let it grow and and yeah, let people from all different communities come together. It's really important for us. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for chatting me, chatting to me, Lou. And if anyone's just tuned in, you're tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. And I've been chatting, chatting to Louise, Louise Malcolm from Tilda, the Trans and Gender Diverse Film Festival. You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. There's a Rocking for West Papua event on later. Um, and yeah, Kate's a big supporter of the free West Papua. So there's this fundraiser happening at the Howler from 3pm to 7pm today. Definitely check that out. You can also support it by um, buying things like this, a t-shirt that's on sale. So yeah, help support the free West Papua campaign. You can find Rockin' without the G, Rockin' for West Papua Global Concept at Howler Melbourne on Facebook. I'd also like to give a shout out to the people currently protesting against the racist border regime. I think there's a rally at the moment near the Yarra River calling for kids off um, Nauru. I guess, like, yeah, everyone needs to get off detention, get out of detention and have their asylum granted and be able to move across borders without facing this violence. And on that, it's been a big week because... um, Scott Morrison has tried to reintroduce the lifetime ban, the lifetime visa ban bill, and Rise Refugee, which is a refugee ex-detainee-led refugee organisation, the only one around, has started up their block the bill campaign, which um, was happening in two thousand and sixteen, and they've started that up again and. You can check out their media release on riserefugee.org's face, um, website or also on their Facebook and Twitter. And they're asking some questions about this, this lifetime visa van, which unfortunately is being supported by a number of advocates that call themselves advocates and lawyers. And uh, it's really disappointing that people like Jillian Triggs are supporting this life bound on refugees and asylum seekers. Um, and one quote from Ramesh, um, Ramesh Ferdinand, the RISE founder and ex-detainee, is, and I quote, Australia has a history of racism and genocide. Far right-wing sentiments are reappearing fast. It's up to us to not repeat the abhorrent acts that Australia was built on. 
if the majority of the Senate go ahead with the decision to support Prime Minister Morrison's proposal banning refugees and asylum seekers, it will be further evidence of Australia's shocking discrimination against people fleeing from war, torture, rape and persecution. And that, yeah, that was a quote from Ramesh. Um, yeah, Rise asking for people to get on um, pressuring the crossbenchers and also like the Labour Party is considering reconsidering their position this weekend as well, so... Let's hope they don't jump on the like the bill and the bill gets blocked. Yeah, so the rest of the show, I'm just going to be talking to a few news items and playing some tracks for you. And if you're just tuned in, you're tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. And I'm Iris, and you're tuned into Queering the Air. Um, and I would just like to talk about the proposed ban on amyl nitrate which is before which is before the the therapeutic goods administration um so plans to put poppers in the same drug category as heroin and joshua badge wrote an article about this in the guardian on the 17th of october um saying it was an attack on gay and bisexual men and unfortunately um i had an interview with Joshua Badge, but due to technical errors, I can't play that for you, unfortunately. Um, but I'll just talk about some of the things in the article and which, and also I talked to Josh about. Um, so yeah, the origins of drug prohibition also has, in Australia, has a lot to do with racism targeting um, Chinese migrants as well. And this is covered in the article and all these all sort of like all these sort of dangerous racist stereotypes um, in terms of opium and Chinese people in before um, in the late 1890s and we see with the therapeutic goods administration they're employing a lot of stereotypes about gay and bisexual men but also I think it extends beyond gay and bisexual men to a lot of trans and gender diverse people and trans women who are often scapegoated as deviant, deviant sort of genders and that sort of thing. Um, that's one of the things involved in sort of the, the TGA's, some of the TGA's justifications for this thing. Um, and Josh sort of wrote the ban is homophobic because it targets bi and gay men. Um, and because of those stereotypes, it definitely is and extends beyond sort of homophobia to um, just the general queer phobia. And yeah, it's pretty disappointing this is happening. Um, unfortunately, the submissions to that inquiry have closed, so that sort of option isn't available. But obviously, there's like lots of ways to resist these things and push for the decriminalization of all sorts of drugs that are already banned and like often used by many like overrepresented in queer populations using drugs to um escape sort of a lot of the like horrors of this society and just the boredom of straight society really. Um but it also puts many queers um, at the target of the state who doesn't want us using these things, um, apparently. And, of course, I wouldn't condone whatever these sorts of 
things, but yeah, there's the overall sort of power thing going on there. Um, so another thing that's been happening is the My Health Record System opt-in thing has extended. Um, so yeah, the My Health Record System, which is a centralization of data that has a number of glaring issues that's been rolled out by the federal government this year and has faced a lot of community pressure. Um, and this centralization of data is quite dangerous because it particularly affects a lot of queers and marginalized people who are stigmatized and criminalized for things like mental illness, HIV status and, and sex work. And we know of these regimes that data is often breached and this gives like all your health card data in a central place and potentially accessible to hundreds of thousands of health workers. So it's really a terrible thing. And if you haven't opted out, you can Google opt out from my health record system. And that's been extended to the mid-November and maybe it'll be extended again thanks to community pressure. So definitely check that out. Um, so there's another thing that's been happening is the Liberals are now um, a minority government and... On one level, it's not much to celebrate Karen Phelps, who is, yeah, like a previous president of the Australian Medical Association um, and has considered joining the Liberal and Labour Party. So she's really, her politics aren't really any different from some people in the major parties, but she is the independent and she's won this blue ribbon electorate that has a lot of ruling class people in it so it it's no it's bad news for the morrison government which is good but it's not um a massive change and we'll see where that goes yeah but i wouldn't put my hopes in her at all she um has said things like that medicare bulk billing um is a bad thing and and she's been opposed to domestic violence leave for workers so I mean this is Karen Phelps and we can't put much hope in rich white lesbians can we not at all you're tuned into Queering the Out on 3CR Community Radio I've just got word that Karen Phelps has come out in support of the lifetime visa ban for refugees. So really, there you go. I mean, she is basically another Labour and Liberal figure, but she's running as an independent. She is not a challenge to that much. And that's going to be really damaging because that's another person supporting the lifetime visa ban bill. And check out Rise Refugee on Facebook and Twitter. They put out a media release against that. Um, definitely need more pressure put on these terrible politicians that are locking refugees and asylum, asylum seekers up in concentration camps, which is killing many people. Yeah. Um, I guess in some good news this week, we saw a historic abortion win with abortion decriminalised in Queensland. So that's taken decades of feminist um, campaigning to see abortion finally be decriminalised in Queensland. So that was really good to see this week. Um, 
And I heard on Thursday breakfast in an interview with Helena Jeffries, um, who's a part of Respect Queensland, a sex worker group there, who was, and Helena was um, saying, well, next we need to decriminalise sex work in Queensland. And we definitely do. The same with Victoria, which still has this licensing system, which is really not decriminalisation at all. And it criminalises street-based sex work, for instance, and imposes a lot of mandatory health testing, which is really in- invasive and not um, not any good um, in terms of scrutinising, yeah, the state sort of controlling sex workers and more. So that was that. Um, a great win, though. Um, another thing that's happening next week is Sarah Ahmed, who is... A lesbian woman of colour who's done a lot of writing on feminism and has written things like The Promise of Happiness and many other works who I really admire is coming into Melbourne this week. And she's also like a cis uh, woman that's, I think, done pretty well in taking on trans-exclusionary radical feminists. And she's written a bit about that sort of thing. Um... And we see in the UK at the moment, we see the Gender Recognition Act, which is this act that um, determines how the state sees trans and gender diverse people. And we're seeing a really toxic public debate in the UK, which I'm observing via social media. And it's really disturbing how publications like The Guardian um, pretty much sort of take on these turf arguments. Um in the editorial, they sort of they they put and they put women's rights against trans rights as if um, we can't have both, as if they're like opposed, and that's this kind of thing that when you have people denying your existence, sort of framing the debate, that's sort of the thing that comes up, and that's the thing that I'm tired of having to advocate and organise around, but still have to everywhere. Um, including on community radio spaces. Um, Yeah, so just a quote from Sarah Ahmed, and I quote, Challenging TERFs is about challenging a position, not an identity. TERF describes a position. The term is not a slur. It is a pretty fair and mild description of some feminists who aim to exclude trans people from feminism. There are many radical feminists, both now and in the past, who would understand trans trans inclusion as a radical and necessary feminist practice. Any TERFs can thus unbecome one. This unbecoming would be a feminist becoming. Please, I extend this to you as an invitation. I do think we might as feminists be aiming to eliminate the positions that aim to eliminate people. Challenging TERFs is not the same kind of speech act as misgendering a trans woman, an act I would describe as an intentional act of elimination. And that was a quote by Sarah Ahmed on her Feminist Killjoys blog and, um, under a post entitled, You Are Oppressing Us. So yeah, check her out if you're interested in Sarah Ahmed. Um, another thing that's happening this week is a Change the Rules rally. And I just want to plug that. That's that Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. And that's going to see a lot of union mobilization around insecure work around this corporate system controlled by bosses that 
steals our wages. Um, I think it's disappointing that stuff about unemployment sort of like disappears to a margin a bit, margins in these sort of campaigns. And it's disappointing the union movement and Victoria Trades Hall Council still has police as part of the council who really don't have workers' interests. So there's a lot of problems, a lot of battles that need to be fought in terms of um, unions and around this stuff. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it's bigger than the last one or it's smaller. And I suppose my main problem with it is it's become similar to the Your Rights as Work campaign. This campaign seems to be about electing the ALP rather than workers' self-organisation and building strikes that'll win rights for workers and the community because we know like the whole division of home and work is oppressive to women and women do like two-thirds of um, unpaid sort of housework according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics and we know these things are linked because capitalism requires women to do most of the social reproduction for free and that is messed up. Um, yeah, uh, just one last thing before I go, and you're tuned into Queering Out on 3CR Community Radio. Um, yeah, I've noticed there is like a normalization of police in queer spaces and and other um yeah and I think it's chilling to have places in LGBTIQ spaces because um the history of LGBTIQ history and activism is one against police and against police violence and to fight for liberation we have to be against police and it's disappointing to have shows with radio shows with cops on them um, and things like gay and lesbian liaison officers that Victoria Police have introduced do not change the fact that the cops are a form of organised state violence and they target particularly people of colour, Indigenous people, people who read as gender deviants, the poor... Um, the cops are not neutral. They're on the side of, they claim to be on the side of no one, but they're always on the wrong side of any social movement for liberation, on the wrong side of any protest. Like they apparently are over policing this little protest at the moment down on Yarra River. Um, and the, the same sort of riot cop GLOs, police sex workers, and refer them to anti sex work organizations. Um, Project Respect is a, is an example of that. It shouldn't be funded. Yeah, so shout out to all the resistance work being happening against the state's election sort of law and order agenda that is leading to anti-association, has led to anti-association and mandatory, detention, mandatory sentencing laws passed, which is imprisoning more and more communities, more and more poor black people, people of colour, Indigenous people. So, yeah, that's something that has to be continually fought. Um, and I'm reaching the end of our show today. Um, there is a rally coming up on October 26 called the 38 Nations Rally, hosted by Lydia Thorpe, who's um, the Greens MP 
it's the Northcote um, State MP. Um, so it's on pressuring the Treaty Advancement Commissioner to have a have a representative body that actually reflects clans and nations across the state. So check out that rally. It's going to be at Birrungma on Friday, the twenty sixth of October at one pm. Um, near Art Play. That's 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 basically near the Yarra River, as well. Yeah, I'm going to go out with Shame and Desire. You can buy habits. Thanks for tuning into three. Thanks for tuning into Querying the Air today. You can contact us at queeringtheair@gmail.com or on Twitter and Facebook. Bye. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.